0: The way I view Ukraine, I would say Ukraine is uh, really beautiful, you have to discover it yourself, you have to come to visit us, but uh, mostly you have to be in touch with the Ukrainian people to discover their soul and uh, Ukrainian soul that's something special.
1: podcast shows that ukraine is not what foreigners see on television in reality ukrainian people are much better much more interesting and friendly than other people expect this podcast is about the real life experiences work and personalities of ukrainian people with a focus on the capital kiev so that foreigners discover the positive truth about ukraine hear the voices of ukrainians visit the country and invest in the economy creating more opportunities for the younger ukrainian generations to stay and build their country hello my name is aziz and i have a deep connection with ukraine my grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life he always told me many great things about ukraine and its people then from 2018 to 2019 for two years i began working with unicef in ukraine to build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war i could not return to ukraine In 2020 because of covid19 so this project is my volunteer work to help ukraine and thank you thank you all so much for the support this podcast now is ranked number one on apple podcasts about ukraine top 100 travel podcasts in switzerland top 60 travel podcasts in the uk top 60 in norway top 30 in italy top 30 in the netherlands top 30 in spain oh my god top 25 Travel podcast on Apple Russia, top 20 on Apple Poland, and top 10 in South Korea. So thank you. I'm grateful to you. Please keep supporting as well as follow the new Instagram page about this project at aziz.future. My guest today is Father Volodymyr Malchin. From theological studies at the Pontifical Oriental Institute to philosophy at St. Basil College Seminary, to summer theological school at the St. Andrews Biblical Theological Institute, to a magna cum laude in medical ethics at Ateneo Regina Apostolorum, to a licentiate degree with summa cum laude from the Pontifical Gregorian University, from being a tour guide in English, Ukrainian, and Russian at the Visitors of St. Peter's Tomb, under St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican, to a senior teacher at Speak Up Learning Systems, Ukraine, to a professor of dogmatic theology at the Superior Institute of Religious Sciences of St. Thomas Aquinas, to the head of Patriarchal Curia at UGCC Patriarchal Curia, to a territorial chaplain and one among the first, of the Knights of Columbus order in Ukraine, to be in a professor of dogmatic theology at the Kiev Three Holy Hierarchs Spiritual Seminary, to vice chancellor for over a decade, then head of development department at the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, Patriarchal Korea, as head of development and communications office, vice chancellor of the Korea of major Archbishop of Kiev Halish, elaborating on financial sustainability, fundraising campaigns, and communication strategies. We will speak about various topics, which may or may not include the UGCC Church, History of Perseverance and Resilience, Social Ministry, Helping People in Need, Online Ministry, Reaching Out to People, UGCC as a Global Church, and Married, priesthood. Reverend, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I am great, honored, and happy. And to begin sharing your voice and your story with everyone who is listening, I am curious about something which is very important. You, Your choice to follow the path of the Korea is a choice that often comes from a moment of realization or a deep belief that comes either from history or from watching a lot of struggle and perseverance to your community, or even one day you had a moment that changed your life. If you can begin by sharing that, as well as the history of perseverance of the church. So to you personally, the day that made you decide, I will follow this path, as well as about the church.
0: Okay, sure. Well, um, I would like to begin with my personal story that I was uh, born in Western Ukraine to a Greek uh, Catholic family. Uh, But back then, uh, the church was still outlawed and we were not allowed um, to uh, profess our faith. Publicly, So that means that I had to be baptized secretly and it was only at the beginning of the 90s that our church was legalized. And um, right in my childhood, I was considering uh, uh, seriously vocation to priesthood and uh, I was very lucky to be admitted to St. Basil College Seminary. Um, in the United States, that's a Ukrainian Catholic seminary um, opened by uh, Most Reverend Bishop uh, Basil Austin. And uh, after that, I was sent to studies to Rome. And when I returned from my studies, having obtained a STL degree, that is Sacred Theology Licentiate um i was called to serve in kuria so your first question whether that was my choice uh, yes but uh, you actually don't choose to serve in the kuria but actually you're called to serve and um, i was invited to serve in the kuria by blessed memory uh, his beatitude cardinal lubomir wuzar and it was really really Um, very exciting experience uh, to serve along along this man and help him uh, in the chancery but also to be able to witness his wisdom and uh, the way he related to uh, other uh, people so that's uh, briefly my story
1: thank you and that opens up a lot of more philosophical questions I hope you'll take notes because there will be two you said his wisdom with dealing with others. To you, since you're a professor and I can ask you for definitions, how do you define wisdom in relating to others when it comes to being a reverend or part of the UGCC? Like what would be characteristics and descriptions that define that word wisdom? That is one. And second, you have experienced Catholicism and Greek Catholicism in Ukraine, in the US and in Rome. What could be a bit of cultural differences you notice between all three way paths or ways to express faith that you found interesting? Yes, sure.
0: Well, let's begin with the first definition of wisdom and uh, that's obviously uh, first it's a uh, God's gift, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and uh, the path that God provides for human uh, beings to follow His uh, uh, calling. And um, in our tradition, um, we have a special notion of uh, Sophia, that is God's wisdom that we cultivate in a special way. So that means when we are listening to God's voice, his precepts and build our life accordingly, that means that we can strive for perfection to be really children of God, but also this um, uh, notion of wisdom, Sophia, it also has a social dimension, meaning that we do not only reach the sanctity and fullness of our personal life, but we can also implement these ideas in society as such so wisdom it's not only about personal growth but that's a special gift how to be related to other people how to recognize gifts in other people how to be able to collaborate with other people for the higher goal so uh, i would say that the summary of all of this is what makes uh, uh, Sophia, wisdom uh, so special in, uh, in life of every priest, I would say even of every Christian, because wisdom, it's not only a gift reserved to a special one, but God provides the, this gift for everyone who is able and who is willing to embrace it. Now, second part of your question cultural differences that i was lucky to experience on different continents that was really really god's blessing for me because you can imagine i joined the seminary uh, at the age of 17 and it was the year 1998 when i first stepped into saint basil college seminary in the united states and back then it was completely different world, as you can imagine, coming from a, a small village in Western Ukraine and finding myself in the United States. It was really like a different reality. And to let me show it by one simple example. I remember my first class at St. Basil's College. It was English composition class. And right after that class, obviously everything was in English. Uh, Our task was to uh, write a one-page composition and it had to be typed, but can you imagine that at that time I've seen a computer a couple of times in my life, but I never knew really how to type. So it was a real challenge for me, uh, not only to understand my English teacher, to understand my homework, but also to do it in such a special way. So. Uh, The challenge was big, I managed it, but now I think, for example, of uh, young people in Ukraine who are um, very capable in uh, computer science, in using computers, but back then, it was completely, completely different reality. Now, the reality in the United States was uh, a good experience, first experience to get to know Um, the global Catholic Church, that it is not only confined to one nation, to one country, but it is really, really broad. It's a communion of different people coming from different nations and everyone is contributing with uh, his or her own uh, to the, uh, the richness of that faith. But this global vision of the church was even better experienced in Rome, in Italy, where you have a chance to see people almost from every corner of the globe. So my experience in Rome, it was really, really uh, an experience of um, uh, Catholic, universal, global church. um, And in those circumstances, you also recognize better your own church. So, during these theological studies, during my seminary formation, uh, I would say that this abroad experience was very helpful to appreciate even more my own church. And as you mentioned at the beginning, the history of persecution, the history of perseverance, also the history of resilience, all of these made me admire my church even better. So I think combination of all of this made me convinced that my place after these studies abroad should be in Ukraine. So I wasn't hesitant for one minute, I would say, to come back and serve in uh, Ukraine, because I knew that that's the place where I had to be.
1: Thank you. Very wonderful. And please take notes again, because There are so many things that I'm curious about now. One, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it seems to me that you are a very keen observant of people, whether it was the um, blessed man who called you to join the Korea and you observed his wisdom with dealing with people, or in the Vatican, observing people from all over the world, or in the US, Probably, I'm sure, in Ukraine. So is are you a person who is very socially people-oriented, which can be said that many uh, people in the history of the church, although of course they serve people, but they're more intellectually oriented and they live in a world of thought and intellect. But it seems to me that you begin with the heart and with the people and learning from observation of people first and books and the uh, canonic studies etc second so that's one please comment on whether this is true second you mentioned i was lucky three times so i have to ask you what is your definition of lucky because there are a lot of thoughts in church that there is a path that is predetermined in many ways and therefore luck is not really such a Concept that applies, but rather that there are moments in life that you were meant to be transformed or to change. And in many ways, they're not luck. It's God's will, which you can be uh, speaking about since you're the expert. And finally, is you said it's um, about listening to the inner voice or the voice of God. So I want you to share. Is it something that you experience all the time? Or do you need to be in some specific prayer or meditative states that make you able to listen to that voice? As well as how do you deal with some situations where the voice might tell you something that all objective facts tell you it's wrong, but the the voice tells you it's right And did you have experiences where, in the end, that turned out to be the correct thing to do? Or, I mean, how do you deal with it? Because in theology, there are many ways to think about this. As in, if it's wrong, well, maybe you didn't hear loudly enough. Or maybe when when you suffered, that was the lesson that you needed to learn at the time. So I would like you to speak about this kind of situation a bit more. And thank you.
0: Well, first of all, I would like to say that uh, you're asking me whether I'm an observing person, but I should say that you are really an observing person and no wonder that you are number one podcast host because you notice that I mentioned the word lucky for three times. (laughs) So um, you're right that it's not strictly theological concept, but for me, it was... uh, um the way to show that probably i didn't deserve um uh, such opportunities in my life i've never dreamt in my childhood that uh, i would uh, have education in the united states in italy and then working in the curia but uh, you're absolutely right that at the end uh, it was uh, god's will for me and uh, uh, god offers a lot of opportunities in our lives, but uh, we have to embrace and accept those opportunities. You know, there is a famous saying, uh, carpe diem, sees the day, uh, even though it doesn't come from a Christian context, but still it reveals something very profound that uh, uh, you have to use the opportunities God provides for you. Now, in our Christian tradition, very important is the concept of discernment god's will that is listening to what god is telling to you and obviously this uh, voice comes deeply from within you Uh, it's not only intellectual uh, it's not uh, only emotional but um, it uh, embraces your whole being so uh, obviously a person has to be in deep uh, connection with God uh, through prayer, through uh, way of life, uh, to be able to hear his voice. And I would say that um, our whole life, uh, we are learning how to do that. But uh, there are some, you know, important stages at your life when you have to make a decision. And uh, if you do it according to God's will, then you will be happy and then you will make other people around you happy so um, i think that uh, uh, it was god's will for me to do these theological studies and uh, it was precisely to prepare me better for a better service in uh, ukraine so that's how i uh, see it now now regarding the observing other people and uh, uh, the difference between you know being social and being uh Um, more inward person I I would say that I'm more inward person but it uh, doesn't make me closed in myself Uh, that is um, you always deal with other people because uh, uh, Christianity is about sharing your faith and obviously you cannot share it with your own self you have to talk to other people you have to learn from other people like I did in my life from uh, Cardinal Wuzar, for example. Um, But uh, Christianity is not strictly about books, about ideas. It's about the way of life implemented in practice. Although I should mention that when I returned to Ukraine uh, more than 10 years ago, it was kind of a challenge for me because uh, that was a different country I left when I was 17. So I needed some time for adjustment, so to speak. But now, uh, despite all the challenges in Ukraine, despite all the problems, uh, I I am very optimistic about our country. And uh, that's especially in relation to a lot of promising young people who are very honest, just, professional, and uh, who are capable of transforming our country into a leader in uh, tomorrow's world. And that's not only about uh, well-being, material well-being, but also also I'm very optimistic about what we can do for the rest of the world from spiritual point of view. Whereas we can see somehow decline in church attendance in Europe, in North America, In Ukraine, um, there is still very big respect for the church. And the church is the most trusted institution in Ukrainian society. So, uh, uh, in this way, I think that uh, young priests, young sisters, brothers, uh, they can help transform uh, society we are living in.
1: Thank you so much. That was very... A very valuable answer, and I have a few things that I'm curious about. In Christian mysticism, there is an anonymous book from the 14th century called The Cloud of Unknowing. And to summarize the idea, it's actually when you stay confused, that's the optimal state to hear the voice of God, according to those mystics, of course. While many people go to the church to get answers and certainty which would be another state that is actually a state that is not of opening, but when you have the answer, you already decided and deciding, uh, I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with, um, with Latin when decided means to kill or to cut off all other options. So to you, how do you relate on a personal level to this? Do you feel certainty and that you have all the answers, and that is the state that you chase? Or do you agree with those Christian mystics who say, actually, when you're confused and your mind doesn't have an answer, if you stay with that as long as possible, true wisdom will open up to you. That's one, and I know that's a lot. You mentioned that, second, church attendance is growing in Ukraine compared to— other parts of Europe where it's declining. I would like to ask you about the current situation of the UGCC in Ukraine, as well as what adaptation or effects the coronavirus had on the church and the church's services and impact and attendance. That's the second and the final one. You said better service, and you mentioned service three times again, which means it's very important. And you mentioned this about making other people happy and sharing your faith. Well, what does better service really mean to you? And even someone who's not part of the Korea might understand those principles and better serve people from whatever place they are in society. And second, humans are born with a state and a a level of selfishness. So for you to be selflessly serving is that something that you were born with this aptitude or what did you do to overcome human selfishness so that you enjoy sharing and giving without expecting any return from any human even if you're disappointed you still love the person who disappointed you
0: Okay, these are all very exciting and I would say very challenging in some way questions, but I will try to manage them. So first of all, uh, regarding certainty, when you are dealing with God's will, obviously you cannot approach um, God saying that I know everything and you just have to confirm my answers. So this um, way of knowing God's will It foresees that uh, you do not know everything. Only God knows everything uh, um, as the highest being. But you are asking him, please show me the way. Please uh, guide me. And very often this guidance, it goes as the Christian mystics say, through dark night. When you actually, you have to abandon yourself completely to God's providence without seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. But having trust that you are in God's hands uh, provides you with this courage to move forward and finally to reach uh, um, to your uh, destination. So that's uh, answering your uh, first question. And I would say that's a, a, a sort of paradigm for our church when it existed uh, during the communist regime uh, in the underground, that is other priests uh, secretly attended homes of Greek Catholics. They celebrated liturgies, administered sacraments, but they never knew when there would be a moment of uh, their free existence, when they're openly will be able to celebrate liturgies. But still they knew they had to be there but they faithful in those conditions and serve them in a better way so what does it mean a better service better service and you're absolutely right that's uh, um, serving your neighbor uh being god's hands uh, for those people and um Obviously, the most obvious part of this service is social service or social ministry. And uh, the church was always helping um, people in need. Look at uh, Pope Francis, uh, where he is speaking louder with his actions than with his words. He doesn't only say, love your neighbor, but he shows specific ways, the way he treats immigrants, the way he treats uh, uh, poor people, inviting others to take care of them. So our uh, church, um, uh, 30 years after its emergence from the catacombs, uh, I would say it, it is very active in social ministry. It's expanding its network of social service in different parts of Ukraine. It's also becoming more professional, I would say, in uh, organizing this social ministry, because it's not only person to person, but also providing special programs for people in uh, um, uh, in a need. But another part of this service, I would say, it's working for the transformation of uh, Ukrainian society. Because for us, evangelization, that is uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, Is also working for the transformation of the society we are living in. That is making it better, just society where every human being can realize his or her uh, potential. And all of this obviously has to be uh, inspired by selfless love. And this love, uh, it uh, shows only the way God loves us. He doesn't love us for something, for what we do, but just because we exist. So we are called in this way to serve uh, every person. And you said whether I achieve that way or not, obviously there is still way, way uh, a long way to go for every person to become even better because uh, uh, the, our life, it's a, a continuing journey continuing challenge. But uh, if we know what we want to attain with God's help, this is possible, I think.
1: Thank you so much. Great answers, actually. And I don't know whether you watch movies or not, but Martin Scorsese in 2016, he created a great movie called Silence. It's about Christian faith being prosecuted in japan and i highly recommend it to the listener as well as to you it's a a great movie about perseverance about not knowing when freedom will happen and all the emotional challenges that the evangelical priests who went to japan as well as the christian people who were in japan during the times where they were killed in horrible ways Uh, what they experienced and it's a powerful movie well okay a few things which i'm curious about because in many um spiritual kind of schools of thought as well not just in church they say this look god loves you just because you exist but then the criticism that people will say Yes. And you say that people should achieve their potential, but what would be the motivation for them to do if they already arrived? If you know what I mean, if you already have all the love, why would you need to act or try more, especially that they will argue that human beings act more out of from a sense of fear and a sense of fear of missing out and of loss and of pain, especially I heard one religious person who was asked this question and it touched me really so i'll ask you the same but i'll tell you the story he said which one is more he was asked which one is more important to feel love and the love of god or to fear him and his answer was to fear god and he didn't say anything after that but he was i guess coming from that school of thought that when you fear god you will act but if you love him It's the same as Machiavelli where he says, it's better to be feared than to be loved. I guess that's uh, the story in the book, The Prince that he mentions and uh, relates to this religious person. So that's one. And one other one, which is totally different, but I was reading one time that someone had an essay about the concept of selling your soul to the devil. And I know we're taking another turn here, but it's important. And that person was arguing, look, you do not own your soul, so how can you sell it? That was the main point. I want to ask in your church, is there that American stereotype where in many movies, you see the concept of selling your soul to the devil? Is that something that is there in the Catholic Greek church? And if so, what is your comment on that you don't own your soul? So of course, you cannot sell it at all. And finally, any stories that touch your heart when it comes to people that the church has helped or that you personally have impacted with your service and words.
0: Good, I'm uh, glad that you mentioned about a movie of uh, uh, Martin Scorsese and I'd like like to share with you and our listeners my dream. I would like to see one day uh, a movie of a very uh, high quality, let's say Hollywood style movie about uh, one of our great churchmen patriarch joseph uh, sleeping i don't know if you know his story but i'm inviting you to explore his story because after our church was uh, outlawed he was sent uh, to siberian gulags and he spent a couple of decades uh, there persevering but he uh, returned uh, Um, uh, to Rome and then uh, became head of, uh, uh, head of the church. So I think his personal story, story of uh, resilience, of uh, perseverance, is really worth uh, uh, to be um, uh, shown in uh, a popular uh, movie. So who knows, maybe uh, someone who is listening to us will get interested in that and uh, will help us uh, uh, to do that. Um And uh, maybe Martin Scorsese, who knows uh, here will be inspired also to get uh, interested in this story. because you know, when we are watching movies in Ukraine about uh, uh, heroes who really changed uh, the human history, like Nelson Mandela, uh, Gandhi, We are aware that we have uh, courageous people like this, for example, Patriarch Joseph Slipin and his story is uh, really, really convincing for uh, modern uh, society. Now, coming back to second question about whether you can arrive and reach uh, your goal. I don't think that you can completely attain uh, your goal here during your earthly journey Uh, Because for us Christians, our um, existence here is only a preparation for continuing our life uh, with God in afterlife. So uh, I don't think uh, anyone can say, oh, I finally reached, I've done everything what I had to do because there is always greater that you can do there is always higher level that every person can attain and only god who is uh, love in himself is the highest goal but we as human beings uh, uh, we are only nearing closer but still will never reach here during the earthly uh, journey obviously we have good examples of saints uh, those people who were really um, transformed by God's grace, and uh, who were uh, embodying God's presence on Earth. So that's our goal—to become saint uh, uh, persons. But uh, uh, obviously, um, you will never say, "Oh, I'm a saint now. I don't have to do anything. I can relax." No, that's that's wrong, uh, because uh, every every day there is something. Um, do uh more and enough um related to the questions of your soul and fight with the devil yes our christian tradition reminds us that uh, there is constant battle um uh, for our soul yeah because there is a fight between uh good forces and evil forces and once again by the process of discernment we have to listen to this inner voice and to decide whether we are choosing one or uh, another way but uh, uh, it's not that popular i would say this idea of selling uh, one uh, soul obviously uh, temptations falling into sin that's present in uh, the life of human beings but on the other hand we have uh, a very great instrument provided by god for us that's an instrument of confession when you fall down but you come to uh, the sacrament of confession and you are absolved of your sins so in my life as a priest i think that's the most uh, the most powerful um, sign of god's presence in human lives obviously as a catholic priest i cannot tell you any stories of what i've heard during confessions because that's forbidden but one thing i can tell you that's really a very powerful instrument how god heals human souls including my own soul which needs also mercy Uh, as a priest i go to confession as well uh, the Pope of Rome, bishops, patriarchs, they also go to confession. Why? Because we all need God's uh, mercy. So I would say that's that's the most uh, powerful instrument of God's mercy and God's presence in our lives.
1: Thank you very, very much. And please take more notes because this is wonderful. And it reminds me the story of uh, that person that was sent to the gulag i cannot pronounce his name correctly but if you please can share the story as well it reminds me of victor frankl's book man's search for meaning where he was sent to the nazi concentration camps and he was a psychologist and came with something called logotherapy and in it he noticed the difference between people who persevered versus those who died and gave up quickly is that the people who persevered had a meaning to their life that kept them alive, or others who gave up, it's because they thought they had no reason to stay alive. And that was the biggest killer of the people in the concentration camps, more than even the Nazis, it's the hopelessness. So I am sure that faith is a great source of meaning in life, which is, what Viktor Frankl was speaking about. Second, you said that God is the highest goal. Well, in Greek Orthodox, I'm pretty sure there is something called being isochristos, which is Christ equivalent as the highest goal to attain. Well, according to what you said, even saints don't attain that. Well, since you study theology and probably did comparative studies, what is your perspective on this concept of isochristos, and whether it's something that applies, as well as what is the level of importance of meditation in the Greek Catholic Church, because I know, in at least the Greek Orthodox, I'm not, I don't know exactly in Ukraine how it is, but outside, it's meditation to arrive to enlightenment or isochristos state. That is the path to uh, God. Also, you said saints are god's presence on earth or at least they embody it do you believe in that concept when you meet someone you can sense their level of god presence as you said whether for some people it's less and some people is more and are you more of an empath person who can sense that kind of presence in people in general and i'm gonna mention the sisyphus in the greek mythology and that his punishment was to stay in hell lifting a boulder uphill forever and ever and at the end of the day the boulder will fall down and he will continue it again and even if you think about the brain repetitive task and routine there is of course hedonistic adaptation as well as the dopamine does not fire in the brain if you're repeating the same thing it needs newness. So how do you keep motivated? If you said every day there is more to do, but in reality, every day there is more to do that is more of the same to create that concept of 1% better in a day or the Japanese and Asian Kaizen. And I would like your comment on this. And you said that confession is heals the human soul, which is wonderful. But some people say that the concept of original sin means that you cannot really be healed, that you're forever a sinner until someday when you get to heaven and then you'll be totally absolved, but that the sin doesn't really go away. So is this healing somewhat of a temporary kind of healing until your next confession? Or is it that you arrive at a next level of uh, of being blessed and then the next time you're getting healed, but it's from a higher place. I would love your comment on this and thank you.
0: Well, all of these are very exciting questions with a very global perspective from different religions. But uh, let's try to do it one at a time. So first of all, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Victor Frankl. He's actually one of most one of uh, favorite authors, especially uh, as to his concept of uh, discovering meaning in one's life, which helps you to go through uh, the most severe challenges, like he himself uh, experienced uh, um, uh, during the Nazi persecution. But I think that Patriarch Joseph uh, Slipy that was precisely for him the the reason uh, because he knew exactly what was the meaning of his life uh, to lead his church, to be the leader for his church. And uh, uh, even when he returned uh, uh, from Soviet prisons and he stayed in Rome, uh, he founded, for example, Ukrainian Catholic University. And at some point he told his collaborators to bring, um, to collect books. And imagine it was in 1970s when the soviet union was still very strong so other priests were wondering your beatitude what what are you doing he said well we need to get ready when uh ukraine becomes independent and uh, we will have open seminaries we need to have books for the seminarians so can you imagine this vision and also this trust that the empire of evil will not be eternal, that with God's grace uh, Ukraine will become independent and our church uh, will be uh, legalized again and the churches will be opened. So I think that's also a characteristic of Patriarch Yosef Slipy. his global vision, also knowing exactly what was his meaning and that's what helped him to persevere um, during the persecution and to be a role model for other priests not to give up because you know that our priests uh, uh, they they were offered either to join for example russian orthodox church or to go to um soviet camps and uh, a lot of them have chosen the second way because for them that was also showing their um uh, their faithfulness uh, to the pope of rome Uh, to the Catholic Church and to being in communion with uh, uh, with Catholics around uh, the world. Now, second question is very interesting, how to become this alter, we we use Latin phrase alter Christus, that is uh, uh, another uh, uh, Christ. And um, uh, what comes to my mind is that uh, uh, human beings can uh, really know um who they are through jesus christ because according to christian theology god became man to show man his way to god we call this a concept of uh, deification or theosis in greek theology Uh, that is god uh, embraces human flesh becomes one of us to help us return to god uh, after the fall of the original sin and i do not agree with uh, the definition that you mentioned that original sin will be eventually washed up only in afterlife because according to christian teaching original sin is washed away by the sacrament of uh, baptism so that's uh, that shows uh, the victory christ has attained over the death he freed man from sin and uh, it's possible to attain this victory as well but obviously it's not the end of the story because uh, even though the original sin is washed away um the human path continues and uh, we still have to fight temptations not to give in and that's probably the answer to your question how do we get motivated why we do not get discouraged i would say because uh, uh, we know that the victory has already been attained in one person in jesus christ so whatever evil comes up our way whatever are the difficult circumstances there is someone who makes us Strong. That is um, Jesus Christ, and uh, that's all about uh, Christian life. To become like Him, to be His presence uh, in the world.
1: Thank you, and I wish you have mentioned a bit about feeling His presence in people. Whether you can feel that in different levels, and I would like to comment what you spoke about the collecting of books. There is a saying I uh, think is very relevant here, which is to live your life as if you'll be alive forever, but to live for your afterlife as if you'll die tomorrow. So that is the balance that I think he was embodying when he was um, working hard and being a true hero and leader of the church which brings me to a leader of the church in many ways some people and i might say more in america will think a leader is someone who makes all the decisions by himself who believes he is the source of power who might be a bit arrogant etc but i know that in church it probably comes from serving out of humbleness so can you define what is leadership when it comes To the church way as well as a very interesting concept which you mentioned to speak about it's married priesthood how does that work in a way where there are branches of the church where that is not allowed and is that something that you find makes you more in touch with humanity so you can uh, speak with people knowing about the married life etc and the challenges so there is more of compassion and empathy in there and how does it work in general
0: okay great so first of all the concept of leadership um jesus christ told his disciples uh if you want to be a leader first of all you have to learn how to serve the others and those who want to be the first one they will be the last ones and the last one will be the first ones so basically for uh, christianity leadership is all about servant leadership and you're absolutely right that only by humble serving to others that you can become a great leader not a uh, dic- dictatorial type of leader when you command uh, when you give orders But when you know, because a leader is someone who leads, a leader has to have a vision where to go and to know the path, how to reach it. And uh, he becomes a natural leader. People are attracted to him because they know that following this man, they will not go astray. So I like especially this concept of servant leadership um, because I think it's not only about uh, church teaching, it can be also applied in corporate culture nowadays, where you can become a better leader by being a servant, that you are not above the people, but you are with the people and helping them uh, to reach a higher potential so that's really a very very um, special concept which can be used not only by christians but all of those who are called to leadership position and um, now second very interesting question about married priesthood it's actually um, a tradition of eastern churches uh, going back to apostolic times uh, Uh, the the tradition of uh, having married clergy and i myself have chosen this um path uh, once again after a period of discernment and i must tell that i'm uh, really i feel myself as a blessed person being a married priest why because uh, i uh, often say that being uh, a father um, uh, helps to be a better priest Uh, why because uh, priesthood is fatherhood people called priests in uh, christian tradition uh, catholic orthodox they call them fathers and uh, you can become a better father uh, lead people to spiritual life when uh, you are uh, a father to your children and you know all their problems all uh, the difficulties, but still, uh, you love them um, without uh, uh, special demands. Like God the Father loves us, and uh, I think that this uh, um, makes um, uh, makes married priests understand. Uh, um, better some of the problems i wouldn't say all of the problems but some of the problems of uh, family life because for example when married people come to confession and um, you understand better what uh, they mean because you yourself experience that in your family and yet with god's help you help them to uh, overstep that Obviously, in married priesthood, very important is the role of priest wife, because it's also a special vocation to share in that ministry, to help a priest to raise kids in Christian way. But uh, in uh, in my family, um, uh, we, we have uh, three kids, uh, and but we try to raise them responsible yet free, christians that is without imposing because you know that that another challenge might be that ah because you are a priest's children you have to be a saint right away and you have to do this and that because your father is a priest but then we undermine freedom of children so uh, i try to raise my children first of all to aware that freedom it's a great gift of god god wants us to be happy and if you choose the life with him you will become happy and you have you don't have to do this because your father priest tells you to do that but it has to be your choice so sometimes I allow allow them to say no to certain things for example but then I see how they choose the right things and that's their own choice and not my uh, own imposition
1: thank you so much this was a wonderful conversation It could go on for a long, long time, but I want to respect your time. I know you're busy. So to conclude, can you share two things? Three actually, but very simple things. One, what projects is the UGCC working on right now? Second, if people want to be involved or to communicate with you or with the church, what are the best links to do that? And finally, about Ukraine, if you were to say some things to describe Ukraine to the world, what would you say? So the church, the project the church is working on, how to be involved with it if people want to, and finally about Ukraine and how you describe Ukraine and Ukrainian people to the world.
0: Okay. so. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> the, uh, the project Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is involved with. Uh, that's actually my one of my responsibilities in uh, Korea, to find uh, financial resources uh, uh, to be able to implement these projects. And obviously, for those who are interested in supporting our social ministry, our pastoral ministry, um, our ministry abroad, I could uh, uh, give more details, but you can look up uh, uh, the activity of our church online uh, uh, going to www.ugcc.org.ua. That's uh, the official. Web page of our church, and one another thing I would like to mention is uh, that during this COVID uh, time restrictions times, it uh, it was a very big challenge for all churches globally, including our church. But still, thanks thanks to the uh, activity of our information department and especially our live broadcast production studio called Żywe TV, that is live TV, we were able to be in communication through this modern means of communications with hundreds, thousands of our people. Can you imagine that uh, um, even until today, we have a practice of online rosary at 8 pm where from 15 to 20,000 people daily join these online prayers that's really amazing and that's something we were able to discover only during uh, this uh, covid restrictions because uh, previously when everybody could go to their own church there was no need to get connected so much online but nowadays that's uh, in, in some churches that's the only way to be in touch with other christians to be united in prayer so that's i think one of the most exciting projects uh, of uh, um, our church and uh, we are looking for we, we are we have big support from our institutional donors abroad like Renovabis, Church in Need, uh, American Bishops Conference, Italian Bishops Conference. But still, there are very interesting, more projects that we would like to implement, especially related to formation of uh, youth leaders, to formation of uh, uh, responsible leaders for so-called agents of change who will make Ukraine um, a better uh, place. And uh, finally, Uh, the way i view ukraine i would say ukraine is uh, really beautiful you have to discover it yourself you have to come to visit us but uh, mostly you have to be in touch with the ukrainian people to discover their soul and uh, ukrainian soul that's something special probably you yourself you experience that uh, because that's the reason why you want to have podcast show on Ukraine but once you're in touch with it 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 makes you more joyful it uh, I think it could also provide additional meaning in your life so my message is to get in touch with Ukraine and with the Ukrainians.
1: Thank you so much reverend it was an honor a pleasure and I wish you a blessed and a great day.
0: Thank you, the pleasure is mine and uh, God bless you in your endeavour.